Stay a while and listen. Hello and welcome to another episode of Elgover the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and with me today is a man who has been around in the business for quite a while. Uh, you know, most people know him as the voice of Dicker Kane from the Diablo series or the Carmine Brothers from Gears of War. Michael Goff, everybody. Hello, everybody out there in the uh, cyberland. So, Michael, what are, what have you been up to for the past couple couple of years? <laughs> mm, past couple of years. Well, let's see. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'm always just uh, plugging away uh lots of auditions uh which is kind of that's the bulk of 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 the job at least for me i know there are some people who eh, they sort of don't have to audition much uh anymore but even um uh like right before thanksgiving there was like a whole handful of auditions that just came in at the last second and they were all due kind of immediately um and I just didn't, I couldn't even, you know, you have to do a lot of these things at home now. Uh, so you have to have at least a decent recording set up. But it was even too much for me to do at home. So I had to scramble. And there are a few places around here in L.A. where you can, you know, if you can get an appointment, you go in, they'll record you and then send it to wherever you need to send it. And, you you know, you have to pay them. So I I, I found one of them had one small window of time, so I, I jammed over there. And uh, while I was there, I bumped into uh, Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants. And even he was there doing the, kind of the same thing, a bunch of auditions. So sometimes even SpongeBob has to audition for things. Uh, but, yeah, um, so there's, there's lots of auditioning. And as far as anything that I've worked on that's kind of interesting... Um, well, I'll just mention this because it was recent, and it's it's not even it's not a game, it's not a cartoon, it's a it's a movie, a film that just came out. Um, I guess it's been out about a month. It's called Ford versus Ferrari with Matt Damon and Christian Bale, and in the very opening scene uh you can hear me as the race announcer for the 1959 24 hours of le mans car race uh so that's kind of fun uh, yeah it's you know there there have been other things uh that i've uh, worked on i sometimes i can't even remember exactly what's been going on i mean was there anything in particular of interest to you that you were no i mean it's just it's interesting because you know you 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 know you started off this decade with like diablo 3 and now we're you know almost out of out of that decade and we're you know the last thing you did was gears so it's kind of interesting to see the you know it starts with one big video game and ends with one big video game well gee yeah i hadn't uh hadn't really thought of that yeah well um yeah gears five you know i'm knocking on wood thankfully uh clayton carmine uh was still alive and and uh <laughs> returned to action for gears five and uh yeah that's uh, i mean it's all you know it, it's pretty amazing when i think about it because you never know what something's going to turn into uh you know doing diablo one or gears one you have no idea that 
it's going to, what it's going to amount to, or, or if there are going to be sequels, uh, you know, I mean, especially with T's Diablo, the original one came out, <clears throat> I don't even know how long ago, but uh, yeah, that was quite a while ago. And it, that and, was, that was like back in the day when they didn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, voice acting wasn't as common in video games. So it was so, so weird for, for, for us to, to have like an RPG with voice act, not only with voice acting, but with voice acting that was done really well. Uh, yeah, well, interesting. Well, uh, and thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the character, even the character of Deckard Kane got to evolve, you know, somewhat over time. Because in the beginning, he was pretty much just, uh, I mean, he was just kind of there to help you find things and uh, make sure you didn't get lost. And, uh, uh, you know, um, but he was great. Uh, he was, yeah, he was your tour guide, basically, through the uh, the universe of Diablo. Um, and yeah, I mean, I and I don't know if there's any uh, kind of a future for Deckard Kane, but uh, uh, you know, who knows? Even though he's technically uh, passed on, shall we say? You know, I keep. Uh, Wondering, well, you know, he could appear as, uh, he could just be a spirit, or uh, he could appear in flashbacks, or, yeah, who knows. Was, was that kind of shocking to you when you had to come in there and, and you know, read uh, Deckard's uh, death? Yeah. Well, yeah, and even the way it happened, you know, in the game, I know, it's just kind of, it just sort of suddenly happens. There's no, he doesn't get like a... Uh, a grand dying scene, which would have, that would have been kind of cool uh, or something. But yeah, it was kind of a, like, oh, really? That's it for Deckard? Huh, that's that's too bad. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a, a surprise. I mean, it's, I mean, it's Blizzard. I mean, and Blizzard takes care of the lore and they, they, they try to make sure that it stays consistent throughout each um each each game so yeah yeah oh yeah oh they, they it's yeah it's a i mean I'm, i mean i'm not just saying this because uh, i've worked for them but blizzard's a pretty amazing entity uh, with what they've done because they don't uh, you know they've only got a certain number of properties and they keep it kind of small but uh like you say, the, the attention to detail and the way they oversee all of the uh, the uh, universes that they create and then expand upon them is it's pretty it's crazy. And I've I I got to go to their headquarters a couple of times, um, and it's amazing too. It's like this its own little city uh, behind gates and. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, if you, I believe, I, I haven't tried lately, but I, maybe it's still the case. If you call Blizzard, say, after hours or something, uh, I believe Deckard Kane is the voice of their of their voicemail system. Really? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, so that was, that was, that was quite an honor, you know, uh, you know. There's like if if you know the name of the wretched soul you're trying to reach, press one, and stuff like that. 
Now, again, I'm prefacing this by saying I haven't actually called the number for a while, but I know it was the case for years that he was the voice there, so maybe he still is. Because he was like one of the few characters that actually, you know, became like a, a staple of a franchise, like one of the first characters that became a staple of, of a specific franchise, which again was mm. unheard of at the time when it came to video games. Well, yeah, that, that's cool. Again, these are kind of things that I hadn't, maybe hadn't really occurred to me. But uh, yeah, for whatever reason, he did become pretty iconic. And if he was one of the early, um, early ones, that's that's very cool. Um, you know, how did now? Now you know we're talking about your your career. How did it all? How did it all start? Well. It kind of, I, I wouldn't say it started by accident, but it wasn't anything expected. I'll put it that way. Um, I mean, I guess it started sort of when I was in college. And I was almost done with college. Uh, and I hope I'm not, you know, some people might have heard this story before, and it's not all that terribly interesting, but this this is the way it went, I I was in college. Um, this is at UC Santa Barbara, uh, which is about it's about ninety minutes north of Los Angeles. And I'm originally from the the San Francisco Bay Area, um, and I had gone to UC Santa Barbara originally on a very very small athletic scholarship. Uh, and to look at me now, nobody would ever guess uh, uh, that I was a shot putter and discus thrower back then when I used to weigh about about 60 or 70 pounds more than I do now. <laughs> uh, so that kind of brought me to UC Santa Barbara, and I was an English major, and I was also uh, – music was my other thing. That's kind of the other thing that I do here and there. Um, but so I was about to graduate and I was done with my, you know, athletic career. And I just wasn't sure what am I going to do? I, I don't know what I'm going to do with this English degree. Uh, and I thought, well, I'm, I'll go back and I'll get another degree in music. I'll just stay in school for a little longer because I have no idea what I'm going to do. Um, and then just before I was, you know, about to graduate and try to figure out what to do next, uh, I had seen these signs around the campus that said audition for original one-act plays. And I had, it was something I was always kind of in the back of my mind curious about. And I always enjoyed reading out loud. And I even remember, you know, when I was a kid trying to do impressions of things, uh, and, you know, like watching TV and just kind of mimicking things. So I just thought, well, before I leave college, it might be fun. I'll try, you know, I'll try out for something and see if, you know, just for fun. So I did. I went to this audition. This was for the students of the playwriting class. And this one girl, she kind of, you know, pointed me out quickly after I read a couple of things because all the authors were there and they were kind of like 
trying to grab people. And she said, hey, would you be in my play? And I said, uh, sure. And as a matter of fact, she and I are still really good friends. Uh, so I did this one-act play in college. And I think it was only one performance, actually. It may have been two. I can't remember. And that kind of got me like, hmm, maybe this could be something. I don't know. Uh, but something kind of clicked. And I thought, okay, well, why don't I'll stick around in school and try to, like, take the acting classes and stop, which I did. And then I started doing, you know, a lot of theater in college. Uh, so then I finished a couple of years later with this, uh, degree in, uh, drama and theater. Um, and then it seemed like the logical thing to do to move to LA and try to see if I could get something going. And I do remember the very first audition that I had for something. I, when I came to LA, I, I was, I started doing a lot of theater which is great. I mean, it's a great training ground and it's a great thing to do, you know, uh, as an actor. But even before I had moved to L.A., <clears throat> I remember that the drama department at UC Santa Barbara got a call from some casting director in L.A. And they were looking for kind of young, you know, young guy types like me. And they asked the drama department, do you have any recommendations? I gave him my name and I drove down to LA and met this casting person and they were looking for the lead for the movie Dune, the sci-fi movie directed by David Lynch. And I, I had already, I was already like a big David Lynch fan at that point, having seen Eraserhead a bunch of times. And I kind of got obsessed with Eraserhead uh, if anybody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, so that was my first audition in LA and I'm thinking, wow, well, okay. Um, this is like, uh, I'm already hitting the big time and didn't get it. And then like nothing happened for a long time, except I just kept doing theater and working odd jobs and things. And, uh, a few years into being in LA, I, and I'm not even sure where it came from originally, but I, I ended up, I took a voice, voiceover class. I think because it was something that I thought, yeah, maybe I could do something like that. Uh, I didn't really know what it was all about. And the woman who taught this class was really helpful to me. And she sort of encouraged me to, uh, she gave me the name of a, of a voice agent who had just left a bigger agency to form her own. Um, and it took a while before I kind of was able to get her to listen to me. And But the timing kind of worked out, and she ended up signing me as a client. And I'm still, uh, she's still my agent, you know, all these years later. But, that yeah, that's that's how the voice thing pretty much started. And then I started auditioning, you know, through my agents for, for various things. And, you know, I got a couple of early cartoon gigs. I mean, I remember my very first voiceover job and it was weird. Uh, 
it was for some some little long lost show on Showtime. And what and this doesn't happen too often, but sometimes you have to match your voice to to video. So you have to be watching the picture while you're reading and you have to match the timing and everything. And that's how this was. So the director was a woman and she was standing right behind me. I could feel her breathing down my neck, basically. And every time it was time for me to say something, she would like kind of whack me on the shoulder. So I never knew when it was coming. And I thought, oh, well, is that how this works? This voiceover thing? Not really, but uh, uh, <laughs> that was my first experience. And then, yeah, I think my first cartoon or animation job was a, a thing called Defenders of the Earth. Um, it was just one episode. But, you know, it was really cool. And then kind of my first, I would say, big break in the voiceover world was the Winnie the Pooh cartoon, um, which, you know, went went for a few years. Um, and I was a recurring character on that. So and that was originally a sound alike audition, which, you know, over time, there's been a lot of things that were based on a character that already existed that you had to match or you have to sound like somebody or some celebrity or you have to sound like something in order to get this character right. So that's kind of my long-winded answer to your question about how this all started. <laughs> well, I mean, in no no story is, you know, short. <laughs> no getting into this business this is not a short short walk in sure. the park. <laughs> Well, it's it's weird. It's just weird. It's still kind of weird to me because it wasn't really anything that was on my radar uh, until it just happened. Until until I did that one uh, that one short play in college, and then like a little switch went off. Like, oh, well, maybe maybe I'll take a a left turn here and see see where this might go. Um, it never was something that I actually thought that I would do, but hey, I'm you know, uh, uh, gratefully it's it's what I have been able to do for a while. Uh, you know, it's always up and down. That's that's the, that's showbiz. Sometimes, you know, when there's nothing happening and you think, oh man, is that it? Is it over? <laughs> but that's uh, that's what you sign up for. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, show business, that's, you know, people come and go, that's the nature of the, of the, of the whole, that's the nature of the beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and then it was, it was a while before, you know, video games was even a thing to do. Uh, and then, you know, slowly it started becoming, now it's like the biggest, kind of the biggest thing to do in a way as a voice actor. Well, I mean, yeah, everyone wants to get into video games. I, you know, you don't see people going, "I want to get into shows. I want to get into video games now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, back back in the day, you were you probably like run into people trying to get roles on shows, but now it's just like anybody wants to get into any video game, like no matter how uh, 
how small or big the role is. Like they just want to be in it. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I I guess that's true. Um, you know, and I mean, I I've been lucky enough to work on a, you know, a fair amount of them. Uh, oops, sorry about the noises here in the background. Um, yeah, and some of them have been pretty, you know, pretty huge, I guess, like Diablo or Gears of War, or um, there was, uh, you know, like uh, Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, uh, Batman, you know, some pretty big titles. Uh, so, hey, it's like, for example, with Gears of War, it's I'm not saying that it's it's like uh, harder than, you know, doing construction or something 12 hours a day. But as far as what it does to you vocally, it's it's pretty rough. You know, I've, I've definitely damaged my my voice from working on stuff like that over time. And it takes a while to recover. You know, if you're doing a, hours where there's lots and lots of extreme, you know, kind of vocal violence. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's uh, it takes a toll. I mean, especially considering that, you know, you had to voice multiple characters, but you, you couldn't... Uh... You couldn't. You couldn't make them all sound the same. You had to make them sound different. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Well, sometimes, like, uh, well, I, as an example, the um, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Uh, it was basically the whole race of Nords uh, that I did for that, um, and it was it was like thousands of lines. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of them sort of sound the same because they all sort of have the same accent. Um, you try to make some subtle differences, but for that one, there were so many different characters, and some of them were pretty short. Others were more, you know, more major characters. But, yeah, it's kind of a pitfall because you don't want to just keep sounding like yourself. If things are have different accents or, uh, you know, like it's even easier on something that's a little more cartoony to be able to do things that sound pretty different. And with the Carmine brothers, I mean, they sort of sound, they're supposed to kind of sound the same. Clayton's got a little bit more, uh, he's got a little bit more testosterone than the other, than uh, Anthony and Benjamin. Uh, who were, you know, younger and a little more green and and eager and uh, but you can kind of tell that they're all from the same family because, uh, yeah, they all sort of sound like me in a way. <laughs> I mean, well, they're they're brothers and they kind of you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my brother in real life, he he's younger than me. He, in a lot of ways, he sounds exactly like me. Uh, sometimes, you know, if we're just joking around, if he's visiting or something and I'll have him answer the phone or call somebody and they'll think it's me. Uh, so yeah, uh, 
family members do tend to sort of sound alike. Yeah, and and but but at the same time, you kind of you know they they don't act alike, so it's it's not like you know when you were doing, especially with three, when you had to play like a bigger role in in in, in the story than than the first two games where you just got killed off real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the first one, um, Anthony. I mean, originally, as I recall, I think this is correct. That the very first early you know recordings for Gears of War 1, the, the, um, Anthony didn't even have a name. He was just, I think he was just referred to as Cog Soldier, Cog Soldier 1 or something like that. Uh, they did end up giving him, you know, an identity and, and a name, and something about him just sort of struck a chord with fans, apparently, even though he does get his head blown off you know, pretty early on. Um, so I'm, I'm always thankful for that. Uh, and then, yeah, Benjamin's got a little bit more uh, to do. Anthony and Benjamin are sort of similar in personality, uh, but Benjamin was a little more fully formed. Uh, you know, uh, he had more to do. He had more interaction, and he. Yeah, his death was even. At least Anthony died like quickly. <laughs> Benjamin is being he, he's like suffering and uh, dying a slow, painful death. Yeah, I mean, Gears of War two didn't shy away from showing you like the horrors of war. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's. And you don't really know, you know, a lot of times, I mean, if you've worked on a game, it's become a series, you have a pretty good idea of how something might look. A lot of times, so, you know, if you're working on something new or if it's just something that you're, you're not aware of, you don't, you have no idea really what it's going to look like or how it's going to turn out, which is kind of cool. It's kind of exciting to see, oh, wow, you know, what did they do here? I mean, you, there was you, a, I mean, you see, you see it for the first time, and it's like, wow, this is uh, pretty gory. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's like uh, they do not uh, spare any uh, disgusting uh, uh, details. Uh, they, they, this was when was this? I guess this was after Gears of War Two. The the folks. Uh, you know, in charge were nice enough to give me uh, like this, you know, replica of a of a lancer, the the weapon, and it's heavy, man. It's really, it doesn't you know it doesn't work, it doesn't actually shoot anything, but uh, it looks really cool. Um, so I can, yeah, you know, when it's fully functioning with the the chainsaw and everything, it can wreak lots of uh, mayhem. I mean, I think to me, like, still one of the most goriest scenes in 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 all video games was the is the part in two when they get out of the giant worm. It's uh -huh. just one of the most, like the first time I watched that, the first time I was playing that, I'm like, wow, this is um, I almost actually like almost got nauseous, like literally nauseous, watching that. <laughs> 
I uh, know, man. I, the people who, you know, the, the graphic artists and whoever, the people who create all this stuff and, and the writers, of course, who come up with all the scenarios. I mean, you know, there, there are kind of no limits. It's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to go deep into this. <laughs> we're going to go as extreme as we can, as our imaginations will let us. And, uh, yeah, it's, some of it's pretty uh, stomach-churning. But, I, mean, hey. I mean, I also remember like there was a whole like fan poll about if the third Carmine brother lives or dies in three, and he lived. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, they made this whole. Um, there was a whole campaign which they tied into like a charity fundraising thing, and they had T-shirts, so you could, you know, you would vote one way or the other, and then you, I guess it would be like a contribution uh, that would go to this charity. And you would get this a T-shirt that says Carmine must die or Carmine lives, uh, I think. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. And I I remember there was um, it was like a convention. What was it called? Uh, it was up in Seattle. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the name of it. It's like a big gaming uh, convention up in Seattle each year. Uh, but they they made the reveal. Uh, they did did a whole live thing in front of a big audience for the reveal of whether Carmine should live or die. Um, and they had uh, they they you know they flew me up there and I was sort of off stage. It was like a big auditorium, and they had a guy dressed up like Carmine running around in the audience. You know with the, the Lancer and everything. And I was off stage with a microphone and they had a script. So I was doing Carmine lines while this guy was running around. Um, and it was cool. It was a whole big thing. And so they revealed that Carmine does survive. So I, I was happy about that. I, you know, I was wondering, okay, if he does die, is there going to be a fourth brother whose name begins with D? Uh, I don't know, but we're we're not sure yet. I mean, and I mean, he you know he did you know come back for the sequels as well, so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, you know he's. I mean, it's just nice that he's still there, and he's. Not, I mean, he's not like a totally central character or anything, but he's definitely. Uh, you know, he's definitely one of the Gears of War. Uh, staples, I guess you could say. I mean, the only, I mean, the only three staples, I, I would say, like people, you know, the the people that people uh, know of Gears of War is Marcus, Dominic, yeah. and 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 one of the Carmine brothers. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. There, there's Baird. I know he's been there, but yeah, you know, I mean, I'm again, I'm just, I'm grateful and thankful that uh, you know anything that lasts for a while, even though it sort of comes and goes, is kind of rare in, in the acting biz. So anytime you get something that, you know, uh, uh, survives over time, it's, 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 it's a, a bonus. It's, it's great. I mean, especially, you know, you're, you're, you're also like the voice of the gopher in the Winnie the Pooh franchise, and that's been going on for, wow, quite a while now. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man. Well, like I said, yeah, that was kind of my first big, you know, like re recurring job. And I was like, Oh my God, really? Uh, now I don't know. Yeah. Gopher's kind of been, he's sort of been, they sort of put him into semi-permanent hibernation. He hasn't, he did, he did, uh, make an appearance in the recent, um, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he's still there, but he's sort of like kind of disappeared into his, into his tunnels for a long time. But, you know, when I, I remember the audition for that, the first, when they were doing the Winnie the Pooh uh, cartoon series, this is like back in the late 80s. Uh, and this, I remember going to this uh, place and they had, you know, th these were all sound alike auditions because these characters already existed and some of the actors were still doing the character like piglet uh, was still the same guy uh, originally tigger was the same guy um, uh, john fiedler was piglet and paul winchell was tigger um, but some of the other characters either well, uh, yeah, the, the original actors weren't around anymore. Or in the case of the gopher, he was still around. His name was Howard Morris. But he just, for whatever reason, didn't wasn't interested in doing the cartoon series. Uh, so, and I remember watching the original Winnie the Pooh shorts when I was a kid. And I think I even remember trying to, like, imitate some of them and, how do you do that? You know, that whistle. How does that? Hmm, what's going on there? So to think that, you know, all these years later, oh, wow, okay, here I am. I'm auditioning for this. I think, you know, I can kind of do that whistling S thing. And I was pretty floored when they called and said, hey, they want to uh, hire you to play the gopher. And, yeah, it was like you say that, even though there hasn't been really anything lately, it's something that, over time, was definitely, you know, um, a recurring thing. Whether it was, you know, various animated, you know, like holiday specials, and then even things that were, like the Winnie the Pooh ride at Disneyland. Gopher pops up and says something, so it's kind of there, you know semi-permanent way anyway in the ride <laughs> i mean that's that's the way to that's that's kind of the dream like being a part of something that's going to last uh way way outlast everybody after sure. what, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just i'm just real curious just to take a quick detour here you're <laughs> you're obviously i mean you you play a lot of games and you've watched a lot of animation and stuff and uh and so how long have you been doing this this podcast um i started doing this back in like november of 2012 oh okay so that's yeah it's been a while and and back then we didn't um like it was just like a free-form discussion it was just me and a couple of friends getting together and just talking about whatever Mm -hmm. Until until like one day I said, you know what, let's just try to get, you know, yeah, I mean, we did interviews, but they weren't like, 
I wouldn't say professional. I mean, the first one I did was with uh, Paul Lighting, and he's great. Sure, I know Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Paul Paul's great, and but, but that that interview was terrible because it went on way too long. <laughs> I didn't have any questions. It was just us acting like it hits for almost three hours long. <laughs> oh man! Well. <laughs> I mean, and it just, and I mean, and it just became like a thing. Like it just, um, you know, we would do like some, a couple episodes of voice actors. You know, we'd reach out to them and and see if they, you know, they'd be interested in coming on. But mostly, it just stayed on being, um, being like a normal one-on-one show with me and my friend Tom. But I got, I kind of got tired of that format, and I and. And, you know, my life, you know, currently hasn't been going into a, a you know, has, you know, things have been kind of shaky and I kind of, you know, always uh, look to entertainment to, to get me through the worst, uh, worst times in my life. And, and I just said to myself one day, you know what, you, you, you are fascinated with voiceover for whatever reason. Why don't you just reach out to more people and just see if they'll do this? Like, come on and talk about, you know, their careers or whatever. Just like highlights, <laughs> you know. The... That's, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And 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 it went and it went from our guest list went from five to twenty something people have been on the show. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I mean, without even knowing it, I think I was. And again, like I said, I used to like hear things and I think, you know, having kind of a musical background, maybe it helps to have like a musical ear, so to speak. But without even knowing it, I was fascinated by voices that I would hear, you know, and whether I would just try to imitate them or just be like, wow, what, what is, you know, there, there are certain sounds, voices that I remember that just have stuck in my consciousness forever um so i i I understand what you're talking about no i mean Uh, it's it still feels surreal to me because most some people i've talked to on here are people i grew up listening to as a kid and trying so hard not to like you know uh, you know be that little kid again just like going oh my gosh oh my gosh you're so great you're so great (laughs) (laughs) hey i do I'm that way. I'm kind of that way more with musicians, I guess. If I, I've met a few musicians along the way who I've idolized, you know, and I'm, I'm just like this drooling fanboy. I was like, ah, thank you for, you know, I can't even talk. But, uh, um, well, I'm, I'm curious now. Did, did you grow up in Kuwait? Yeah, yeah. I've been here yeah. since. Nine, 1990 so okay and so you you but but you had access or whatever to you know whatever cartoons and things that yeah were... um because you know after the gulf war there was this whole thing about oh let's get every american show america's so great and all that stuff so we got <laughs> like a we got like an import of like so many american shows and for whatever reason like they didn't dub them they were just like, okay, here are like all these American shows in in English. So I grew yeah. up watching like American shows in English, and that's kind of how I learned how to, you know, do the do the American accent thing I'm well, doing. Yeah, I mean, you're you're 
well, obviously your your English is perfect. And uh, what are some of the? I, I didn't mean to turn the tables here, but no, I'm, no, no, I'm no, just, it's fine, it's fine. Curious, what are what were some of the things that you liked to watch that you remember? Um, you know, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Beast yeah. Wars, um, Dexter's Laboratory, Johnny Bravo. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I will. I'll tell you, I was on the final season of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, you were Raphael when Rob uh, Rob Paulson stepped down from the role, right? Uh, which you know, obviously, very big shoes to fill. Uh, and then yeah, I did. I think I did one episode of Johnny Bravo. Yeah, you know, uh, you did. You did a couple Insignia characters on that show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You probably know, you probably know more than I do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those are it's uh, you know it's good times. Uh, yeah, that was all fun stuff. Uh, and I was always kind of like I say. I, I mean, I'm always thankful when whenever I get to do something. Uh, and sometimes I, I'd be like pinching myself. It's like wow. Am I really doing this with these people or whatever this project is? Uh, I'm actually working on something tomorrow. I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's a game. Uh, and this is like really unusual, but the recording session starts at 6.30 in the evening uh, and goes, I, yeah, it'll go, I don't know how late. I think it could go four hours or more. Um, so this will be kind of a first. I don't know if I've ever, you know, when you're doing theater and plays and things, or if you're, you know, like an on-camera shoot that goes along, you're doing stuff at night. I can't remember if I've really ever done too much voiceover stuff at night, but it'll be, it'll be cool. That's that's kind of unusual because usually they, you know, most most voice recording stuff happens like in the in the morning. Yeah, morning or yeah or daytime or afternoon. Uh, uh, sometimes it's well when I was uh, one of the sound alike things that I uh, got to do haven't hasn't been anything lately, but was the voice of uh, Shrek and. One of the you know last projects that I worked on in that regard was they were making a whole bunch of these kind of short animated uh, things. They were like yeah, they were like two minutes, two three minutes long each. Uh, basically, it was Shrek and Donkey hosting their own uh, talk show called Swamp Talk. Um, but this was all done with motion capture. So you're wearing, you know, the tight suit with all the reflective stuff on it, and you're wearing the headgear with the camera in front of your face. And that always started really early in the morning. I'm not really a morning person, but <laughs> you know, when when you're called into action, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, uh, so yeah, I guess I got off on that tangent because of the. <laughs> Because it always started really early, and you had to get into the suit. But it was—I uh, mean, it was nothing. But it was all good, you know. I just drank more coffee than I usually do. 
and uh, and it was cool, you know, getting to actually you're doing the voice because there's a micro you're wearing a microphone and the headgear, but you're also you know moving around as Shrek in this case, and while you're doing it, you, there are monitors around and you can see because they have like at least a it's like a basic. Uh, mock-up of what it's going to look like. So you see the basic movements and you see Shrek and Donkey moving around. They're not like fully, everything's not fully, you know, filled in yet, but it's pretty amazing. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the wonders of mocap now where you can just get actors to do these scenes, you know, wearing, wearing the headgear and and mocap suits. (laughs) Uh, and then sometimes they're only just doing facial capture, uh, you know, where they're just going to track the movements of your face and your mouth and your eyes and everything. And, uh, and then, you know, load that into whatever. But, oh, yeah, I mean, motion capture or performance capture, as some people prefer to call it. Uh, and even that, you know, I mean, I have no idea what's going to be happening with virtual uh, with VR when it comes to, you know, entertainment in general, but specifically, you know, video games and things. It's, it's like a whole new frontier. You know, video games are, I think are a lot, you know, it's, it's the in thing right now. It's, it's like the, where everyone wants to be. Like it's mm-hmm. not Hollywood or, or, you know, television. It's, you know, it's video games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and games that, uh, you know, big sellers. I mean, it's, and another thing that's really amazing with some games is like the the soundtrack, the music, uh, I've noticed. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just on par or if not better than, you know, like a big movie. And in a way, because, you know, video games have to delve into many, much denser uh, realities. You know, it's like giant novels that are being brought to life, you know, that can go down, uh, you know, these, all these countless paths. And some of the music for this stuff, apart from, you know, in addition to the amazing uh, visuals uh, and everything, it's... Uh, it's pretty mind blowing. And they hire like actual orchestras now to do to do video game soundtracks. Oh yeah, yeah. And the guy, I think the, I think it was maybe just for the, uh, there was a Gears of War like event where they were showing the cinematics, and I guess it was like a promo video that was put together for that, and the music was done by the same guy that did the music for Game of Thrones. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's all, it's all pretty big time. Yeah, it's just so surreal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you think back to the early days of video games, I mean, it's true of any medium, but, uh, you know, the way, the way characters moved and, and just the way everything looked and, Obviously, everything evolves, and it's uh, who knows where it's going. I don't know. I think pretty soon you'll just kind of um, 
maybe you won't even need any apparatus or a screen or anything. It'll just all be kind of around you and in front of you in three dimensions. And uh, you can just think your way through whatever you're doing. Everyone just wants the hollow deck at this point. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. Well, uh, hmm. Anything else? Uh, no, anything I mean, else that you're curious about? Um, I'm. I'm just. I'm just wondering. Like, do, does it? Does it ever get? You know hectic like trying to keep up with everything that you that you've been doing over the years well well i'll tell you let me think about that for a second one thing that is hectic i find a lot of times is is auditioning uh you know i'm often up until like three in the morning trying to finish things that are do you know the next, you know, first thing in the morning. Uh, and a lot of times, and this has been happening more and more lately, you used to go places for the most part to audition, whether it was to your agent's office because they have like, you know, recording booths or facilities there, or there were a number of places around town where you would go. And they would, and that's, that. for example, that's where I went when I auditioned for Winnie the Pooh originally. Uh, and a lot of those, there's still a couple of those around, but most of them have gone away. And even going to your agent's office has become much less frequent. And that's, they want you to do everything on your own and send it. Which for me, I mean, for one thing, I don't really like just doing like reading a bunch of stuff by myself without any input or, you know, some kind of feedback or direction or something. Um, but that's kind of the way it is now. So a lot of times they'll, you just get a whole bunch of stuff emailed to you at the end of the day. And it's like, it's due first thing the next morning. It's like, oh. So that's all you can do that evening. <laughs> so in that, that's, I, that's kind of hectic. That kind of drives me crazy sometimes. But, you know, I'm not really bitching and complaining, uh, even though I am a little bit, because, you know, uh, as always, I'm, I'm thankful to be able to, to do this. But, yeah, you know, when I think back, it is it, – it, it does kind of boggle my mind, um, you know, if I glance down IMDb or something, I'll think – Oh wow! I I forgot about that, or yeah, that was that was really cool. Or even, you know, I'll think, oh, I, yeah, I didn't think I, I don't think I was very good on that. Uh, but because this this whole career thing was unexpected, it's still kind of, I, I, I'm still kind of you know taken aback by it, and just the fact that I've been able to you know, do it, make a living for, for a while. And, you know, along the way, I'm always like, geez, man, I should have been, it eh, should have been more, you know, it's like almost every actor whines and complains. It's like, oh, how come they didn't hire me for this? Why? 
So I, I, I go through that all the time, too, but I usually try to keep it to myself if possible. Although I tend to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll whine and complain uh, to to people who will listen. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what Twitter's for. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, I have not uh, joined Twitter. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, everybody tells me, come on, man, you got to do it. I'm I'm sort of recent to uh, Instagram, but uh, yeah, I'm afraid that if I did, you know, if I'm on Twitter, then I'm just gonna get lost. And uh, it's like, geez, I, I don't even have time. But we'll see. I mean, yeah. it is it is a time sink. It is one of those things where you're like, oh, you know, I'll get one to promote to promote my work or whatever, and then you just forget about that, and you're just there checking yeah. any updates on anything. <laughs> Well, that's that's what I'm afraid of because it is a good tool for sure, you know, to promote things. And but yeah, I know I have I have a pretty short attention span, and I think I would like oh, what's the you know I'm easily diverted, I think. So I would I I, I can just see myself going down lots of wormholes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm kind of like that as well. Where I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something today, and then I just end up like surfing Twitter for <laughs> like an hour. Or two. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, I, I mean, mean that I, that happens to me on YouTube, man. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, let me look for something. Oh, what's that? Ooh, okay, let me let me check that out. Oh man, then, YouTube, YouTube is like just there's so many con, there's just too much content. It's like too much content, man. Too well, much is. content. I'm I'm often uh, you know I'll check out music stuff on YouTube and I just I'll get lost. Uh, yeah, there is. It's way too much content. It's but uh, no going back now. <laughs> I mean, YouTube's great for finding like music that you would never had who you would never have had access to like twenty or so years ago. Oh yeah, no. Sometimes I'll even challenge. I like, you know, issue my own challenge to YouTube. I'll say, all right, I've got something that's obscure. I bet you, I bet it's not here. And often it it is there. <laughs> I think there have been maybe a few things here and there that uh nobody's nobody else has put this up yet i mean but, i mean if it's not like a major majorly copyrighted like song that you can't upload without you know someone's permission then you'll probably right. find it there yeah that's what's scary and exciting <laughs> like i know this song exists you know, but I haven't heard it in years. Let me just go yeah. find it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And you'll find someone uploading it, but like back in 2006, and the quality sounds like really terrible. It's like, wait. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like, uh, is this the uh, is this the best version I can get? Damn. Oh man, yeah. Uh, it's uh, well. I'll just sort of digress also. You know, when I first started doing this, um, 
and you could only audition by going to your agents or going to one of these other places. There, you do, you really never, uh, you know, recorded anything on your own at home. And this was back when they were using tape. Yeah, so they would record all these auditions on tape. And then, you know, and then a messenger would come to the office and grab this stack of tapes and rush to the other side of wherever they were going to deliver these auditions. And then people would have to sit and listen because you can't skip you know, you can't really skip around on tape. You just have to listen to it. I mean, you can fast forward, but uh, it was uh, it was a different uh, kind of a different world. And you would have your you would have your demo tape, kind of like an actor would have their headshot or whatever. Uh, and it was something you would like, you know, pass around. Oh, here's my tape. You know, listen to it. Then it, then it was a CD. Uh, so it's definitely uh, changed. <laughs> and now it's an MP3 file. <laughs> yeah. Now it's, or, yeah, or maybe, you know, uh, here, you can stream this or uh, whatever. It could be, yeah, MP3, MP4. Uh, even sometimes with a voice audition, they want you to record a video uh, uh they want you to video yourself um maybe because it might be mocap or but yeah i've had to do that that that's i'm not great at that it's like oh god and i have to set up a camera and, I'm, uh, and then you have to yeah you got to memorize basically whatever and if it's like several pages it's like oh okay and again you never really have much time for this stuff now it's like you got like you got to do this like in a day uh, and again i'm not complaining too much <laughs> but i can i can hear myself starting to slip into some whinage here. back in my day <laughs> damn it back in my day I, uh, other people had to push the button to record me <laughs> but it is nice to have input and feedback and some direction. That's what the one thing I do, you know, kind of miss. As long as you have somebody that, you know, has been doing it or sort of knows what they're talking about. And at the agency office, you know, they were people who's, that's all they did. They ran the recording booths. Um, so they've heard thousands of auditions over time so they know you know they know what people are looking for and they know what to listen for and uh so that is something that i miss i mean i'll still you know still go places sometimes but it's really much less frequent than it used to be i mean it, it also i mean depends on who invites you to to where yeah, I mean, I'll try to go, like, at the agents, for example, I'll try to go there as much as I can, really, even though they're kind of discouraging it now. They're saying, you know, we will we'll still, we can still have people come in sometimes, but basically they had to, they let go of the people who were running the recording booths, 
Uh, so they'll they'll just have somebody who's there, and they kind of they know what they're doing too, but they don't have anybody doing that full time anymore. Uh, so yeah, I mean, especially like when you go to agency websites now, it's bare bones. It's really bare bones. Hmm. Yeah. Really? No, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't checked any out. Uh, yeah, you're still. I'm sure there are still, you know demos to listen to and things and i've got my website which you know you don't i know you don't really need a website anymore but i like having it and i've put up you know there's a bunch of content on there both you know voice stuff there's a lot of video clips from games and cartoons and there's music stuff on the site also uh so i still like having that Uh, and yeah, it's michaelgoff.com for anybody who's interested. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's time we about wrap this up before it gets <laughs> get too too off topic. So, um, anything else yeah. you want to plug in before we get out of here? Well, I, I yeah, I guess not. I mean, it's been it's great, and I I hope I didn't go you know off the rails too much here. Uh, I no, didn't know I mean, if there was anything else that you specifically were. No, no, no. I mean, it's fine. You know, I think we covered everything. Yeah. Your career, Gears of War, you know, Diablo, yeah. Gopher. So, yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs> much covered the basics. <laughs> um, yeah, I will. I'll just, let's see. Was there something else? Uh, I mean, yeah, I've worked on a few things lately. Uh, but they're sort of not I, I don't even they're code named, and I, I guess even if I knew what they were, I, I couldn't say. But a couple of them, I don't even know what they are um, yet. So uh, I'll just uh, I'll just have to wait and see, like everybody else. <laughs> so uh, thanks thanks for taking the time off to do this, man. Really appreciate it. Well, hey, man, my pleasure. Thank you, Abdullah. And what's uh, what's your last name? Ah, uh, God, it's, it's unpronounceable. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm pretty good at things, but so, so I don't know if you spelled it out or see if I can it's good, pronounce it. It's Okay, so how does that start off? Q, Qutbuddin. Qutbuddin? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Qut, qut, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, uh, yeah, if I see it written out, I'll, I'll, I can work on it. Uh, is there a little bit of like a in the beginning? Yeah. Kutbadin. Kutbadin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, hey, thanks, Abdullah. I appreciate it. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a pleasure rapping with you here. <laughs> you want to come back anytime, man. Oh yeah, you know, just yeah, let me know, and uh, I'll. I guess maybe I'll wait until I have something new uh, or more interesting to to talk about. <laughs> Thanks again, man. All right, hey, thank you, and then yeah, where uh, when would this be up, or how? Uh, probably be up uh, sometime, probably later today or Wednesday. Probably. Oh, okay. So who knows? Okay.
And just and remind me the the name of the podcast is Hello Governor. Oh right, right. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> or say Hello Governor. Hello, <laughs> Hello Governor. <laughs> right. Whatever. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Again. All right. Well, thanks, Abdullah.